And welcome, Henry, back to another action-packed episode of the Deadly Podcast Kung Fu, brought to you by the Villains of Man. We traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artist in Iron Fist and Shang-Chi. If you want to keep up with the podcast, you can do so on Twitter and Mastodon at Deadly Kung Fu Pod, or wherever you follow the Villains of Man on social media. If you want to keep up with myself, you can do so over on Twitter at JVD for the time being until that place burns itself down. Now, today, we're covering Marvel 2-in-1 number 25, featuring The Thing and Iron Fist. And when you do a 2-in-1, uh, you kind of got to have two to go into one. And today, I've called upon some friends from the Multiverse of Badness podcast, Mike and Zach. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. How are you, JVD? What up? Uh, cold and dry. I was going to say cold and dry was not the answer I was expecting. You <laughs> caught me off guard with that. <laughs> so it's Southeast Missouri weather, man. Tomorrow it's going to be 80. Like today it's already 20. So nice. Uh, so uh, won't you guys uh, go ahead and explain to everybody what you guys do over on the uh, MOB? Sure. I can take that quickly and then I'll pick, kick it over to Zach. If he has anything to add, we just pick up pretty much an old comic book. And we get guests on sometimes. We talk about it sometimes with each other, but we generally pick bad comic books and make fun of them because we're kind of trashy like that. I mean, it's you make it sound so simple. Just turns out all old comic books are absolutely bonkers. And it's just a fun 30 minute run through of some of the just the most insane fucking. Oh, can, I, can I swear? I apologize. Oh, yeah, really you have. can say whatever the fuck you the want. The most <laughs> insane fucking stories you've ever heard of. Um, there's been much like this one. <laughs> Much like this one, uh, we've had the Hulk uh, getting abducted by cannibal children. And you guys have covered the thing quite often on your show. At least several times, especially his individual run was amazing. And we also did cover a Fantastic Four with our favorite, one of our favorite villains, the Infant Terrible. <laughs> the, the true <laughs> mascot. Like, if you're a Mob Squad member, you, you think, you know, Leapfrog and Frogman as the mascot. Do some reading. Infant terrible. Uh, yeah. So uh, as a huge fan of you guys' podcast, uh, I can contest. If you are looking for a lot of laughs, uh, subscribe to these guys. I've been on their show, and it's an absolute blast. So um, today's book is titled A Tale of Two Countries with your creative team of Marv Wolfman writer. And for a horrible book, I'm surprised Marv Wolfman wrote this. <laughs> uh, he's usually a lot better than this. He uh, wrote and edited. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> he wrote a good story and was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, this is a Marvel 2-in-1. It is way too good. He probably actually saved this for uh, his uh, Teen Titans run after this. It's like, hey, these ideas are much better for Teen Titans, and uh, we'll just use it for that. But your uh, <laughs> pencilers are Ron Wilson, inker, inks go to Sam Granger, colorist Glennon Wayne. I guess that's uh, Mr. Wayne's wife. Now that I think about it, I guess I've never heard that as a first name. Letters as Irving Wontanabe and editors, as Zach had mentioned, is also Marv Wolfman. The cover for this book is done by Jack Kirby and Joe Sanat. So the book opens up in Shea Stadium where The Thing and Alicia Masters are watching a Jets game. And I kind of looked at the time of this book, which is in 1976. The Jets were awful at that time. And this <laughs> uh, this crowd, there's way too many people at this stadium for a Jets game in 1976. They, they do say exact 35,000 Jets fans in attendance for tonight's game. Honestly, this first page, I instantly knew we were in for a bad time with just the menacing way <laughs> that the, the thing has got. Um, oh my God, I've blanked on her name. Oh, Alicia Masters. 
Alicia Masters in a headlock while suggestively <laughs> downing a hot dog. Yeah, deep-throating a stadium dog. So it, it, here's my question. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, the beginning of this is kind of awful because they're talking about it's a fair trade that he goes to concerts with her. She's blind. Of course, it's concerts work for her. All you have to do is hear music. She can't see nothing but hear a crowd boo and cheer. I get the, Is that a really a fair trade? Get doused in some alcohol, you know, smell some people beside you. I mean, hey, you know what? Each their own. Good for Alicia. I'm glad that she's given the thing a little bit of, of love here. So and the thing is, how does the thing fit in these chairs? <laughs> He's like 800 pounds and like four feet wide. Like easily think, he breaks them. I mean, it's a great question, but I think we need to start our research a bit closer to home. How does he think he can get away with that outfit as a disguise? Just, I hate that. The trench coat and trilby Dick Tracy look like. You're not going to notice that he's a giant orange rock monster. Well, when you move on to the next page as uh, these mysterious people in a Goodyear blimp, they knock him unconscious. And when they do, there's a blind kid behind him. It's like, hey, it's the thing. How do they not notice it's the thing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, like, it's not even like his hat got knocked off or anything. Yeah, they, all of a sudden they're like, it's the thing. There's a four-foot-wide guy in a trench coat in front of you. How do you not know it's the thing? There's a guy with a blind woman in a headlock suggestively <laughs> eating a hot dog. It's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> I mean, that could be Hulk Hogan for all we know. <laughs> well, well, the blonde kid or the thing? Either, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, if John Byrne drew it, you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at the face. I'll tell you that much. But uh, the thing about this is, you know, it has to work, right? Because this, this, you know, this disguise of the trench coat and the hat. I mean, the Ninja Turtles even did this. So obviously it works, correct? Yeah. People that flash themselves in public parks always get away with it. So, but uh, <laughs> or movie theaters. Um, so they're abducted by this blimp and they shoot these hooks down after they knock the thing unconscious and they hook them into him. How is that even possible? Now, now this is where the star already starts falling apart. Page two. Okay. I am sure that the Fantastic Four have a lot of resources and make a lot of money. However, these hooks are hooked into the coat and he's, he's taken up by a coat, 800 pounds. There is no fabric made for the human man trench coat that is going to allow him to be pulled several hundred feet in the air by hooks, by a coat. It's going to break. He's going to fall in the stadium. He's going to crush at least 13 people in this football game. No, he actually <laughs> makes it up to the fucking blimp. So go figure. It's just honestly less about the fabric and more about the winch. The winch is doing a lot of hard work pulling them up there, but it does it quickly and efficiently, leaving the fabric enough time not to rip and fall away. I just shit on my good time. That's fine. <laughs> God damn you and your relentless winch logic. <laughs> oh, look, and this is just what you're getting to when you subscribe to these guys' podcasts. <laughs> so uh, the winch manages to uh, pull him up to the top, and we get these guys who look like these medieval kung fu minions at the top. And my first thought is when I see these guys as the thing starting to wake is how did they learn to even drive this blimp? Like <laughs> well, they look like they're not even qualified. Yeah, and I love the guy in the back. He's has a red bandana on. He's just wearing like a shower robe. He's having a good time. Everybody's having a good time here, dressed up in their comic book outfits, I guess. But yeah, except the thing, he's of course knocked out. In, uh, Terry, in, in, come out of the shower. We got him. <laughs> and come to find out, how is he driving a blimp? Because we later find out that dude's blind. Yeah. 
well, you know what? It, it is what it is. Alicia Masters can enjoy a football game. This blind guy can drive a blimp. A lot of blind people running around in this comic today. Hey, that's actually a good point. Uh, yeah, the you bring the that entire out. stadium can't tell that an 800-pound rock man is the thing because he has on a trench coat. Everybody's blind. Now, yeah, obviously. So, and that's a uh, a trend in this series. If you've uh, ever read any more of it, because the next book opens up and he is still in a trench coat and a hat, and no one notices he's a thing. <laughs> so, oh man, I'm gonna start doing that on the day to day. Like, if I've got to do something, and I know there's gonna be people there I don't want to see. Whew. Or like when you go grocery shopping, right, and you run into everybody. Like, hey, why not do this? I am a fan of what my uh, <laughs> what my fiance refers to as the Marvel disguise of. Black cap, black sunglasses. <laughs> so no one knows it's you. No, not at all. So uh, as the thing comes to, uh, he discovers that Iron Fist is also trapped there. And and what I don't understand is they leave the thing hanging there by these hooks, like he can't get out. You would expect them to actually have them in some type of contraction, like they have Iron Fist in. Yeah, yeah well, it's literally oh, a case of the thing dangling like a christmas ornament and iron fist being crucified by machinery like the front of a nine inch nails album and this thing with iron fist again shit's already falling apart iron fist is just hanging out here the most muscly iron fist i've ever seen in my life with feet that look like small children's feet he don't now, he's just day. he's just sitting here like waiting around for the thing to come through. And he's like, oh, now I'm going to break free. He was always able to break free. What the hell's up with that? Well, he just woke up also. Just perfect timing to wake up when the thing arrives. Oh, okay. So Convenient conveniences. And, and even more convenient, as you get to the next page, he actually knows the button that will release the thing from his hooks. <laughs> yes, that absolutely wound me up when I was reading this. He was like, I've just been crucified here the whole time, staring at this one button going, oh, as soon as I'm free. Yeah, and he just happens to know, hey, go push this button. It'll free me of all the buttons on a blimp. <laughs> How well, many buttons I'll... do you reckon there are on a blimp? Uh, that is a good question. Blimp teen? I don't <laughs> So, and uh, as he lets the thing go, the thing's first thought is you know it's clobbering time and he's just wanting to smash this blimp until iron fist points out uh they're over the ocean and this is where this book gets even more crazier why because it's some flying contraption attached to a goodyear blimp how did anybody in shea stadium not realize that this goodyear blimp probably wasn't scheduled and everybody's like hey what's this blimp doing here Anybody notice that blimp flew in really fast? Yeah, and then and then took the thing and left. No one called the cops. No one called the Fantastic Four. And I love this little flying vehicle they have. It looks like kind of like a flying condominium, except you know the base Lego set. It looks like something you make with a base Lego set. Because I was it's gonna say it looks like the top of like an air traffic control office. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does. Wow, that's that's a good call. So, but with uh, wings and a, a jet engine. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you need that for air traffic control, right? You get to see more of the air. It's, so, it's only fair. I mean, it is 70s comics, right? <laughs> so uh, as they're sitting there and they're thinking about how they're going to uh, escape this and what to do, all of a sudden, they're dropped out of the Bombay doors. This thing apparently has Bombay doors. Who would have thought? <laughs> Well, the other thing that bothered me, and I'm sorry to go back to the Jesus Christ pose from Iron Fist, but we start getting our first dabbles of a, the, the tinges of uh, 1970s. You hate to use the word racism, but this doesn't start out that way, but it's kind of ish. He's, he says that he's one of these 
Kung Fu freaks. Apparently, like there's Kung Fu freaks everywhere. That bothers. Oh, the thing is not a nice man in this book. He's not a nice man with Sharon Ventura, but that's a totally different book. Check out our podcast to find out more about that. Sorry, JVD. No, you're all right. So, <laughs> hey, free promotion, right? So, um, and, you know, and also you, you bring up the the blatant racism in this book. There's also a lot of terrible baseball references in this book. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, they're really as bad as we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, they're talking about um, how both these guys were recruited by the people that kidnapped them, and how they both rejected them. And that's why they're being kidnapped. And uh, he said, "The thing says I bounced them out of the Baxter Building before they could say Jackie Robertson." Like that's not even hilarious. It's just really bad. That was totally lost on me uh, as a reference. So just that line, I was just like, oh, yeah. You know, it, it takes a measure of time to say the words Jackie Robinson. So let's use that as a matter of comparison. <laughs> so uh, bouncing out of the Baxter building in roughly 2.1 seconds. Yeah, in um, Jackie Robinson, five syllables. I bounced him out in five syllables. Uh, I can Herbie bounce him out in four syllables. Uh, Herbie probably would have bounced him out faster than the thing. So the uh, so these guys they fall right and onto this island where both these warring countries are, and the funny thing is, you figure the thing wouldn't worry about falling because he's going to survive it. He's a thing, but Iron Fist just quickly uses his agility to grab onto some vines and branches and safely make his way down as the things has his fall cushioned by broken branches. Controversial opinion, given that it is a lot of the subject matter of the comic book. But personally, I am not an Iron Fist fan. Oh, oh continue no. on. Let's talk about this, because this is an Iron Fist podcast. I know. <laughs> Controversial bombshell. No, it's not that I'm not a fan, but never really a character I've read much of. Yeah, he, uh, he always seemed like a dime store daredevil to me with a strong fist. Well, um, I'm going to tell you now. We're going to get strong fisted off this podcast if we carry this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you like you like Hawkeye? Do you like the show Hawkeye? You like Back Fractions uh, Run on Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, yeah I enjoyed that. Then you should read Immortal Iron Fist because he completely changes the dynamic of the character right around Civil War. It's about okay. uh, 20 some odd issues, close to 30 issues long. You will be entertained. It's excellent. If anybody asks for Iron Fist, that's what I tell them to read. But next time I'm on the podcast, I will have read that, and hopefully I will have been converted. Uh, hopefully well, it won't well, be one of the books we're reviewing. <laughs> well, that is a huge thing. Get away, get podcasts. So, so uh, these guys are trying to figure out what's going on as they're being yelled at by the ship, as basically uh, the idea is <laughs> if their army can defeat them, they'll be worthy of fighting the other army. Which absolutely to me makes no sense. Why wouldn't you just drop these guys on where your enemy's at? And let your enemy just fight them? Well, I'm thinking at this point, they were kidnapped, okay? So the logic is already, we're going to kidnap the people that wouldn't help us to help us train the people that need to fight this other army. But if they kidnapped me, and then they dropped me into my enemies, I'd be like, hey, let's just join up and beat them because they just kidnapped us. So yeah, there's a lot of convoluted logic going on here. And that's actually what the second half of this book is about once we get there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So they're ambushed by these guys that they're supposed to train, and they make extremely quick work of them. Um, and these guys look like your typical martial arts henchmen that you see in the Iron Fist and Shang-Chi books at the time. And uh, literally, they're no match for these guys whatsoever. It's a sick helmet. 
I really, really like his helmet. <laughs> it's um, also a six set of teeth that Iron Fist has on page 14, man. I wouldn't want to be his dentist or I wouldn't want to pay his dental bill. Like, Ooh, he yeah. looks like he has been doing some type of class A drugs with his jaw that prominently distended. Got that, got that clinch going on. <laughs> so uh, these guys make quick work of these two and uh, they're left through their own devices. Now, uh, we're going to go and we're going to take a break right here in the podcast. I'm going to play you a promo from some of our podcasting friends. Would you guys need a promo that I can play? <laughs> we yeah. can do our own promo now. Hey, this is Mike from the Multiverse of Badness. If you want to check out some really bad storylines told by a hillbilly and a Welshman, check out the Multiverse of Badness. We're generally here weekly, but sometimes we take some time off. Zach, thank you for being my best friend. Thanks. Oh, I expected Zach to <laughs> fucking come up with something else right there because Mike was on it. And when we get back, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump to the second part of A Tale of Two Countries featuring Iron Fist and The Thing. And welcome back to the Deadly Podcast Kung Fu. And my guest for this episode, Mike and Zach from the Multiverse of Badness podcast. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, yeah, well, you can't, like, as I always say, uh, when it comes to comedy, if you leave a window open, you can't expect me not to jump through it. (laughs) So, uh, as we continue here on with this awful Marvel 2-in-1 story with the thing in Iron Fist, we get a little meanwhile here as we see somebody hidden in a throne who are um, very, the people, I should say, that kidnapped the thing and Iron Fist, and, uh, they're talking about how they're going to need to defeat General Kongja, who is the enemy that they're to face. And then it zooms very quickly to where the guys show up to uh, the fortress for the people that kidnapped them. Um, and this place is called the Temple of the Ridge of Four Hills or Hills. My bad. Hills sounds a lot better. Oh, it is Hills, isn't it? Holy shit. I mean, I cannot read today uh, because it, <laughs> it looks like it's inside of a volcano and it is surrounded by lava and what looks to be geysers. So serious question. First panel of page 16. What the fuck is going on with that man's neck? Um, well, apparently it would not. His neck would not work with your T-shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, little inside joke for the listeners. A little inside joke, yeah. Uh, no, seriously, this guy has uh, a giraffe neck, I think is the only fair way to describe it. He also has your mask on without your hat. That is true. Covering <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hamburglar over here. Oh, yeah, there has been. Uh, that's too bad people don't know what we're talking about there. <laughs> I'm the Hamburglar, okay? I admit it. I came on this podcast to tell the truth. Get this burden off my chest. So uh, so as I look upon the uh, temple here, the thing reference, this is the screwiest looking Burger King he has ever seen. <laughs> I've never been to a Burger King like that. Uh, oddly enough, I just told a Burger King story uh, during the break. <laughs> See, that's funny you should say that because I don't know what it's like in the States, but in Wales, every Burger King looks like an ancient Chinese temple set amongst a vast field of geysers. Really? <laughs> it does, yeah. It's um corporate uh branding. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I apologize, it's late. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that you're yeah, you're over there, you're overseas, so <laughs> I forget all about that. And oddly enough, to get across to this castle, um, Iron Fist just happens to have vines 
that he held on to when they were dropped out of the Bombay doors <laughs> that we never seen him fight with when they took out the henchmen for uh, these guys. And it just happens to be long enough that it will reach a looks like a broken tree sticking out of one of these geysers to get them directly across. Like it's, it's something that he needed. It just happens to be the perfectly. And not only that, it's strong enough and sturdy enough to hold the thing as they slide across it. It's yeah, just that, an incredible stroke of luck on uh, Iron Fist part, really. What a good day to be Iron Fist. Congratulations, Danny. Yeah, and just look at that wood that's holding it. There's no way. I mean, it's the tiniest piece of wood, and I'm going to believe it's going to give, it's going to fall. But you know what? Semantics. We've got the Iron Fist. We have the thing crawling across a vine. It's a thing of beauty. I'm not going to trash it. Mike, I just want to address something that you said. Uh, All I'm going to say, and I won't give any context, but tiny wood can be powerful as well, okay? Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's conveniently, this tiny wood is right in front of the gate to this castle. (laughs) Of all places. Um, Just to continue the absurdity of this story. So they kick down the doors, and the enemies are sitting here. They're waiting for them. And uh, there's a very short-lived fight between both sides, I should say. And there's a screw-up here with the panels, if you guys had caught it. But there's a caption that ends the first panel, and then it begins the second panel in the fight. And I don't know how Marvel missed that edit. This is Marvel 2 and one dude. It's not like their flagship product. They're just throwing shit at a wall. I mean, <laughs> as Zach would say, I don't think that's what screwed this up. I think the story screwed this up. Well, to go back Couldn't to what Zach said, it better myself. Well, to go back to what Zach said in the beginning of the episode, not only did Marv Wolfman write this, he also edited it. So how <laughs> did he miss this? Well, it's really hard to spot a bad idea. So, um, <laughs> As this fight gets he got on, bored halfway through reading it, he's like, fuck it, I'm sending it off the post. He sat there reading it, and he gets halfway through the editing process, and he goes, you know what, fuck it, I'm Marv Wolfman. And he went to a nightclub and allegedly did tons of cocaine. Speaking of a nightclub, there is a nightclub scene here at the uh, bottom of the page as uh, one of the enemies has the thing down on his hands and knees with his uh, crotch towards his head, and he says, now, monster, you're ready for the final thrust. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so, Tiny uh, wood can be powerful, too. <laughs> and the, uh, the thing jumps up on the next page. It says, final thrust, my Aunt Petunia. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thing likes it rough, man. He is a rock monster. It's going to be that way. Well, uh, you are right. And then uh, Zach's twin brother, who stole his mask, shows back up and stops the fight, uh, considering that um, everything's not what they think that it is. And they're not sure why they're doing this, because their sides have found peace. I I just realized that uh, we're getting to one of my burning questions in the podcast now. I won't jump to it. I'll let the story naturally get to it. But there's something that when I first read this, absolutely made me want to tear my eyes out. Well, I'll tell you what I hate is that this guy admits, he's like, there's been a terrible mistake. And he's like, please listen, and you'll learn the reasons for our actions. But he never apologizes. He doesn't say, there's been a terrible mistake. We shouldn't have kidnapped you. No. It's like, fuck this guy. I don't like this guy at all. Mike, sometimes kidnap's your only option. Yeah, you know what? That's that's what got me arrested once. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) No, I, I mean, it's got to be more entertaining than this book. Mike, Mike kidnapped himself and then took himself to court. 
So, uh, so we come to find out that um, these guys, their enemy, that they're wanting Iron Fist and Thing to basically take on, are at the bottom of this geyser where everything is surrounded by lava. Wouldn't you think there would be lava at the bottom of this hollowed out geyser? Zach, again, you're shaking your head. I was going to say, again, another great question, but this is where we need to ask the vital question. Where the actual fuck did they get these parachutes? That's what I was going to ask. Because all of a sudden, they have parachutes. You don't even see them put them on. They just jump, and they all have parachutes. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah, that, again, highly frustrating. So, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense because that's exactly what I was going to ask here. Where the hell they get these parachutes at? So, remember, kids, if you're going to jump into a volcano, make sure you pack your parachute first. (laughs) Make sure it's not flammable as well. (laughs) So, uh, these guys jump down and they wind up taking on uh, Chonga, the general of this opposite army, which uh, these guys make pretty quick work on them. And uh, the thing takes on Chonga himself, and it looks like the thing is really going to kill this guy. And if you didn't know any better, it looks like he actually does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing hits pretty hard, and he just double fists this guy in the face. So, yeah, my my money would be on death at this point, but eh, apparently the guy lived through it. So, um, the queen, she runs out to the prince who has stolen Zach's mask. And uh, (laughs) she tells him uh, that she's worried that he was going to kill them. And obviously we get some really crappy line with, you know, uh, he couldn't fairest of them all until I had rescued you. So this is where things get really strange in this book. Pretty much this princess come to find or this queen, mind you, soon to be queen, loves the fellow that rescued her and his name for the record, I believe is Prince dragon, which is about the worst name that could happen. <laughs> oh, it's awful. And you, that's the name of my new band. <laughs> well, Prince dragon and the queen share a kiss, but we find out that they were not meant to be because Prince dragon delivers the queen in her Madonna esque red bustier and her dress that has no underwear underneath. It looks like curtains. To this old creepy man, it's like, no, you're going to marry him. Now, I got a question. If he's the prince, doesn't make this guy this guy the king, which makes him fucking his dad's soon-to-be queen. There's a lot of problems here. But that's not the worst of it, Zach. Is it not? No. The worst of it is we have two heroes. We have Iron Fist. We have the thing. They've been presented with two sides, neither of them good. Okay? So nobody in this comes out looking good. And they could save this woman from this dirty old man, but they're like, nope, that's just the way it's meant to be. And they're like, fuck off. For real, she does absolutely just get sold into an unwanted marriage just for the sake of uh, a peace treaty that we know is just going to fail anyway. It's human nature to destroy ourselves. Love is the most important thing, and you can't sell the woman you love to an old man for peace. I've tried, okay? It doesn't work. Uh, if you ask me, if you look at the second panel on this last page, I think she's into it. <laughs> I mean, for one, she's missing a nose, but she looks like she's completely into what's going on. You know, like she's getting it from the son and the father. It's like some one of them, you know, hot links that you find on Pornhub these days. <laughs> well, I like to think that those are fake. This seems real. I don't know. But apparently it's meant to be because as they shake hands in the last panel, there's a heart that surrounds all the heroes of this story. 
and the tease of a Nick Fury nuff said issue. Oh, and man. Al- and also a, a female hand that makes uh, Rob Liefeld's feet look like fucking artwork. It's like uh, those fingers look like they are a kid's drawing of birthday candles. <laughs> I literally, there's no detail in the knuckles around the middle. <laughs> They're just ended in giant, pointy, almost like rounded off triangles. Oh, that is awful. So uh, this kind of sums up the awfulness or the badness, giving uh, credit to my guest here, of this Marvel 2 and 125 titled The tell of two countries when you guys seen the cover of this book did you did the book the story itself live up to how awful the cover was or was it that much more worse i only really glanced at the cover to begin with and i was very disappointed to realize that the thing wasn't on a surfboard Alabunga, <laughs> <a> dude <laughs> i love that he's just on a rope i mean i didn't know he was that good but yeah i i, I would say this the cover, it, it was intriguing. I could have seen a good story accidentally happen in this, but I was rewarded instead with atrocity. My thing is, would you guys consider covering something this awful on your podcast? You know what? We've actually found a couple of books. I, I think the problem with a book like this is that um, we've covered some some pretty bad stuff, but yeah, we try to, and no offense to this book, no offense to Iron Fist, nothing happens here. It's it's really is like a big nothing burger. So yeah, we the story's bad enough that we recover it, but we like things to be a little more, as Zach's favorite would, catawampus, so to speak, instead of bland. That's not, I've never said that word. You say that word all the time. You say that word all the time. I don't know what that word means. I'm still not sure that it's not offensive. Tomato, potato, it's all the same. And that, again, is another taste which you'll get over on Multiverse of <laughs> Badness. Um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I'm JVD for the Daily Podcast Kung Fu, where you can follow on Twitter and Mastodon over at Daily Kung Fu Pod. Mike, Zach, let everybody know what you do one more time where they can find you. All right. Well, I'll tell you where you can find us. You can find us on Mastodon at Multiverse of Badness at Toot.Wales. You can also reach us via text at 949-393-9391. Zach, what do we do? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story. Well, it's just taking you out of your headspace. No, I'm definitely thinking about pastries. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, we are the number one pastry podcast in the United States. We're second in Wales. There's actually a guy over in Wales that runs a big pastry podcast. We can't dethrone him. Big pastry dies pastry time. Why did I think you were going to say deep throat him? But (laughs) Jesus Christ, JVD. Deep throat him. The the Welsh pie podcast. Well, I mean, Hello, he's I'm, thinking pastries. I, you know. I'm die pie and welcome to deep throat him. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, Multiverse of Badness. Get it where you get podcasts. (laughs) This podcast is falling apart, much like the uh, end of this story did. But remember, guys, (laughs) support your favorite podcast, support your local comic book shops, and keep reading comics, guys.
accidentally to record on our side as well, like local recording. Uh, if or- you guys want, that's up to you. <laughs> so, I mean, I am not a professional by no means in my last eight years of podcasting. I just record and go. <laughs> yeah. I don't try to get all technical with it. So, and I've not had a problem since. All right. Well, fair enough. What in the world is I've just <laughs> now noticed Mike's got some like like some terrible sunglasses on. Terrible, they're amazing. And and yeah. some and some colonists' child in the background. That's Mozart, <laughs> I'll have you find. 